it's been hard for him to understand because they really don't understand because they, they're not moms, you know, like they're parents, but they're not moms. And it's a lot different and postpartum depression. And even like any kind of depression or anxiety, if you don't, if you've never faced like mental health struggles, it's, it is really hard to understand. And it doesn't make you a bad person or not supportive. It's just, it's like anything in life, unless you go through it, you can't fully understand. We kind of talked about that toxic positivity because he, you know, he's such an upbeat, positive guy, but sometimes it was like, okay, but you know, like it's okay to have emotion too. Like you've got to feel things and like, you really got to like talk emotions. You, you can't just always say like, everything's good. Everything's good. And then your energy says completely different. You're listening to Breaking the Ice, a podcast and community created for wives and girlfriends of professional hockey players but since has turned into so much more. Stories shared by women around the globe who come together for a sense of connection and community. You may be in the sports industry, a hockey parent, an athlete, or a person who just enjoys podcasts, but I can promise you, you'll be inspired by these women every single day while we evolve through the tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things hockey. And guess what? So much more. For women, by women but especially for a hockey community. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Happy Wednesday, you guys, or whatever day you are listening to this new episode on. I am leaving on Friday for Austria, so as you can imagine, I am extremely busy trying to A, pack my house up, and B, get all the errands done that I need to do. So safe to say, I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet today. Today on the podcast, I have Dakota Cameron joining me, and Dakota and I have talked over Instagram before I ever even made the podcast page. We've gone back and forth. I Before we even had this interview, I felt like I already knew her, so it just felt very organic and natural. As you can see in the episode title, it's called The Invisible Load of Motherhood. But this episode is so much more than that. Sometimes I feel like if you are not a mom and you see that in the caption, that's something that maybe you will choose not to listen to. But there's actually a lot more that we discuss within this episode than just being a mom. But that was primarily the focus. We talked a lot about like what last year was like during the pandemic and how that kind of transpires into how we're feeling moving forward going into this next hockey season. We talk about when you have to leave your apartment and leaving all your luggage and what you do and how you figure out how to get to it once you go the next season. And we talk about the off season as well. Then we kind of move into our main topic of motherhood and Dakota shares some of the experiences that she had after having her first baby girl, Cooper. We both talk about a little bit about postpartum depression and anxiety and what that looked like for each of us. And we also just share some of the unspoken raw truths of being a mom in this hockey lifestyle. Dakota also has her own small business called Love Co. The Label. It's coming out soon. It used to be XO Love Co., but is now moving into a different direction. So stay tuned for that. Make sure to follow her on Instagram. And I hope you guys love this episode as much as I do. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
For those that have listened to episodes in the past, you know that BetterHelp has come up several times from some of my guests. Living the lifestyle that we do, it is so beyond important to talk about our feelings. And I think that it would be very valuable to have like a third party listening ear to offer advice and insight into our lifestyle and situations. I think something for me that has kind of delayed my start into getting into therapy is that half of the year I'm living in a different country. So the coolest part about BetterHelp is it's customized online therapy and they offer video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see them on camera if you don't want to. And it's way more affordable than going to in-person therapy and you can start communicating with someone in less than 48 hours. So I'm excited to try out BetterHelp this hockey season. I think that people can only benefit from going to therapy and it probably can only improve the kind of experience you're going to have during the season. So if you're interested in signing up for BetterHelp, you can head to betterhelp.com forward slash breaking the ice. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. We have honestly talked over Instagram for probably the last year, or I guess probably more than that, because I think we followed each other personally before I started the podcast page, but I'm excited to just get to know you and finally have a conversation in real life. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. I feel like this has been such a long time coming. We've talked for quite a while about doing this. I'm so excited to finally get together and chat all the things. I know. Do you have your coffee with you? I don't. I already had one. And I'm like, if I have another one, my voice might start shaking. (laughs) So I was like, it's probably best. I don't have another or people are gonna be like, is she okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a, it's a two cup uh, coffee day for me today. So no shame over here. So I wanted to start off and just ask you like how you're doing, how is your off season? What's going on for you guys? Oh, so, um, off season is going pretty good. I mean, it's a shorter summer, I think for most people. So, you know, it's always so hectic coming home and you're like cramming everything in. Um, I just started back working, so I'm working part-time. So that's been like quite an adjustment having a toddler and now working. Mm -hmm. And then summers are always just full of like having visitors, which is amazing, but then it's just go, go, go. And you know, like the extreme of like, during the season, it's like very chill, especially during a pandemic, you're not doing anything. And then you come home, it's like, holy crap. <laughs> so it's been pretty crazy, but it's been really good. Um, we're just like happy to be home with family and have some help and support. And yeah, and we just finally signed on a team. So we're just like thrilled that we don't have to wait any longer. Oh my gosh. Is it a secret? Are you allowed to tell yet? Um, well, actually, when this comes out, it'll be August. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's, I guess it won't be a secret. But yeah, we signed back in Castle, Germany. So, we were there this past season. We were actually, we weren't sure if we were going to go back. And we left like all of our stuff, our whole apartment in like the same shape it's been all year. Like, we just like left everything. We left all of our winter clothes, all of like, like our 
bugaboo stroller. Like we've just left everything being like, we're coming back. And then the past month and a half, it's been like, I actually don't think we're going back. <laughs> so oh my gosh. thank God. Because I was like, I'm not dealing with moving all that stuff with like a toddler. Isn't that so. kind of like really stressful at the end of the season when you don't know what you're doing with your stuff? You're like, do I get a storage unit? Do I leave it here? Do I leave it with a friend? And then it's like an extra stress because then you have to coordinate wherever you're going next season to make a special trip out. Like if you weren't going to the same place, like for us, we left some of our stuff in Kratz. Luckily we're like only two hours away, but we have to now drive a few hours to go pick our stuff up and then drive back. I know that's what happened to us. We were in Switzerland before this past year and we just like, I mean, with the pandemic, it's like, you got to get back to Canada. So we like, we just like literally within two days, just like packed up everything and left like all of our stuff there at a friend's, like his apartment. And because Germany wasn't allowing any travel, we didn't go and get it until like January, I think. Oh my gosh. And it was seven hour, seven hour drive. So my husband, Brett, he like drove there seven hours, drove back just to get our stuff. But like, it was funny because of course the one time in castle, it never snows there. And they got like a record amount of snow and we had none of our winter stuff. So we're like, Oh, <laughs> this is great. So what'd but, you do? You had yeah, to just you buy all new stuff. Well, we're like, ah, oh, it'll melt. So we just like, we just really pushed it off. We're like, if we buy stuff, it's probably just going to melt. And then we're going to have all this extra stuff. So we actually just stuck it out and we just dealt with what we had. But yeah, it's, you just never know like what to do with everything. And like now with kids, it's like all their toys and you don't always want to have to like rebuy. So we've definitely tried to like sell stuff. If we know we're not going to go back, we try to like sell stuff on marketplace or whatever, just like get rid of it. Mm -hmm. So you're not like constantly just spending the money on getting new stuff every year. I love Facebook marketplace because especially with kids, you don't want to buy everything brand new because it's so expensive. And I feel like a, they get bored and you need to like keep bringing in like an influx of things and then like getting rid of it. So fortunately we had that last year too. And it's just so nice, especially when you're overseas, because you don't really want to spend a ton of money because you can't even like bring, especially the big items home with you. And I find even with like clothes, like we, um, this past year, like with all Cooper's clothes, it's just like, you have so much stuff and then it makes, makes so much more to bring home with their clothes that they grow out of. So my friend, Amanda, that was on the team with me, she actually showed me this website in Germany called Vinted. And it's like a used, you can like buy or sell used items. So like, I just went on there and like sold like, like all of like Cooper's clothes that were in really good condition that I just didn't want to haul back with me. I think you can find stuff that's like very used or find stuff. Like I found a bunch of clothes that were like Zara brand new tags on for like half the price. Oh, that's amazing. It kind of like has, it has a mix of everything. So we definitely did that so that we didn't have to haul like clothes that we like didn't need to save if we have another child or, you know. Yeah, exactly. So when do you guys have to be back? We actually don't know. I think <laughs> I think it's end of August. Like his contract starts September 1st. So we're assuming end of August. Oh, that's so nice. That's a long summer. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we thought we were actually going to be going to Norway. So Brett would have had to go end of July and we're like, no, like 
it's already July and we're like, that's so crazy. Like to think only a couple more weeks. So it's nice to have that extended. And you guys are in Kelowna, right? We're just outside. So we're in Penticton. It's about like 45 minutes from Kelowna. So what are, what's it looking like there right now? Cause I obviously everybody knows like how insane it's been just with the borders and stuff in Canada. And I mean, no one wears a mask here anymore pretty much, especially in Idaho. Um, <laughs> but what's it looking like? Yeah. There? It's actually like, um, I think as of Canada day. So the first of July, they got rid of all masks in BC where I am. So it's so nice. Like everything seems really normal. And I live in a very like tourist town. Like everyone comes here to vacation in the summer. So even last summer during the pandemic, it was like tourism has never been better because now people, instead of going say to the U S or over to Europe for their summer vacation, they came to the Okanagan. Mm, yeah. So, so it's actually been really good. And it's nice to like come home and see that things are like, they feel pretty normal and our numbers have come down and everything. So it's been good. Like we've been able to kind of do, do everything as normal. I feel like that is also what's making the summer feel shorter too, is just the regulations got lifted like halfway through. So it kind of feels like we're more recently free, I guess. So last year, obviously that was just like a very challenging year for everybody. I know that we've kind of went back and forth and like connected about some stuff. What was your mental state like last year, just during the pandemic? Oh my God. I was a, I was a roller coaster. Like kind of going back to the summer last summer last year was like one of the hardest years like Brett and I have had in like just like in our relationship not so much our relationship but just since we've been together it was so challenging like COVID happened and then we're rushed home and no contract and then like so much unknown which everyone was in that position Mm -hmm. and it like carried a lot of stress and I know for Brett like being a new dad, he had that like pressure of like making sure like our family's taken care of. And so it was a really stressful time for him. And he like, he was really stressed, which like doesn't help everybody else. (laughs) Yeah. He tried so hard to like pretend like he was fine. And like, you just know. So our summer was pretty hectic, like trying to figure out where we were going. And it was sort of like last minute we signed in Castle finally got a team so that was that was just a whirlwind and then we got to castle and they didn't have our apartment ready so we had all of our bags and like a baby and it was and we were like I think they moved us around like five different airbnbs before we got our apartment oh my (laughs) gosh I remember you telling me about this yeah so getting over there I was like what am I doing with my life like why am I here why am I doing this to my child I had so much guilt like and she was so young she was like 10 yeah 10 months like she doesn't know any different like she's used to kind of traveling around and stuff so but I don't know it was just really hard and then we finally got our place um it was still under construction because they were renovating it but we moved in and I just found like after that Germany closed down and like complete lockdown, like nothing open. I think it was the same in Austria, mm-hmm. but only grocery stores open. And so like, after all that, like 
to like getting there and changing apartments. And then all of a sudden we settled down and like, it's like, oh, this is awesome. We're in this new city, everything's open. And it's like, just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything closed down. And the first few months was really hard. Like just like going through, like almost like feeling like I lost myself, then trying to find myself. Then I'm like wanting to change things with the business and I'm not sure like if I was doing the right things and staying home with the how old she, she would have been, yeah, like 11, 12 months when it kind of started. And she's, she was walking at 10 months. So she's just been nonstop. So I'm like, (laughs) it was just war on me so much. And like, I know we chatted a lot, like throughout the season and like went back and forth and it just like, I don't know. It's like, it's really hard to get out of those ruts. And I, it took a lot, it took a lot of like, just like self-talk and just like really trying to accept that this is like this is a global pandemic and this isn't normal life and Cooper will be fine like she'll have like she'll have her socializing after this and like she's gonna be okay and like we're all gonna be okay but in the moment you feel like like life is coming to an end you know oh for sure I can totally relate to that like everybody was going through it. So I'm so happy that we were all able to like talk about it and normalize it because not only were we like going through a pandemic, obviously the whole world was, but then it's like you throw in the challenges of being in like a different country on top of that. Like you're not near, you don't have help. And especially like when you have to stay inside, if you're used to living like near your family and friends and support system, and then you're like, let's move to a foreign country where I don't really have a ton of help help. We first got to Graz. Um, the team asked us if we would move apartments into like a, we like the way that the apartment set up was everybody was in the same apartment complex pretty much, except like a few other, um, players, usually more of like the single guys. And they asked us for like, I don't know what the reasoning was. I think they were trying to bring a single guy in and then they wanted to move us into a bigger apartment, but just like not where everybody else is on the team. And they were like, yeah, will you guys move? And I was like, no way. Like I was super pregnant and I was like, like, I can't, I have to be near the girls. Like I, that's like the one thing I have going for me this year with this whole lockdown, like we cannot move. Like, I feel like it's, some of you guys have like houses there or am I wrong? We have, um, we have an apartment, but they seem so Um, big or like spacious. It actually is really big. It's like two bedrooms, two full bathrooms, like a a big dining area, a big living area. So like we have a lot of space, which we're so thankful for. And like, there's other people on the team who have like top floor of houses or like bottom floor of houses. So like quite large spaces, which honestly, like if it wasn't for having like that space with our apartment, I just like, don't know what I would have done, like being Mm -hmm. cooped up all the time like like you said not having any family or friend like anyone around to help and I know touched on like the resentment thing and I found myself really like like Brett would come home from the rink and I'm just like my eyes are just daggering at him I'm like must be nice to just like leave the house (laughs) and like socialize and do something you love and you know like it there was a, a part where it was like really hard for me to like let that go Mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't him and I knew it wasn't like you know he wasn't doing anything wrong but it's like what I would do to just like leave the house for four hours just to like hang out with like the girls and 
just like bullshit and like do something you love yeah like instead of just being like mom mode all the time and as a mom you it's not the same as being a dad like you you have a million things going on in your head all the time like it's like when were they last changed when were they last fed what do they need why are they crying like it's just like a constant like you're just constantly thinking yeah I know guys they can like they come home they're like oh baby (laughs) okay (laughs) later as you were saying that I was like literally picturing I don't know if you've you've seen this reel, but it's so funny. It's like mom's getting ready to leave the house. And it's like grabbing oh, like things, changing the diaper, doing all this, doing that. And that's like, dad's leaving the house. It's like, grab the keys, walk out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> I feel like it is becoming more talked about like that. Those feelings are like normal. And like, I for sure feel like there's also a pressure to be the one to always have to do things because like, you know, their job is very physical. So like, obviously, as we all know, like if we're depleted on rest and sleep, like I can't even imagine playing in that kind of game and that kind of environment, like having the mental capacity to like even do that. And so when we're kind of over there and they're, you know, supporting the family, it's sometimes this like unspoken pressure that like, you have to be the one to like do the naps and do the wake-ups and do this or that. And I think it's really normal for like kind of a resentment and it's not like them as a person, but it's more just like resentment of the situation or like resentment of like, this sucks that this is all put on us. Exactly. Yeah. Cause like, even, even I found like the postpartum, like fourth trimester phase, it was like, um, like I, I told Brett, like, I want him, if it's like before game day, go sleep in the spare room. Like I, no problem. And I didn't just say that to like, try and be nice. Like I actually like knew I have to be that breastfeeding. Like I, there's no point you even like getting up to change like the diaper because I'm already up. I mean, us women were a lot quicker at changing diapers <laughs> to pipe in hearing them cry in the night. Yeah. Oh yes. You hear as a mom, you hear every sound. That's and that's where I'm getting at. It's like the resentment starts at that point where, even though you know, like you know, they just need you, and like that dad can't do a whole lot. It's still that like resentment builds. You're like, look at them, and like they're sleeping, and you're like, how the hell are you sleeping right now? Like you get so like mad, and mm-hmm. you know, like they're not doing anything wrong, but you're like, must be nice to just be like soundly sleeping through all of this, you know? Exactly. So, like, what would you do if I was not here, like doing this, you know, like exactly. one of us has to get up. Exactly. <laughs> so I feel like definitely like it is, I feel like it is becoming more like normalized to talk about those emotions and feelings and kind of what you go through postpartum, because it is not easy. Like, I don't know those people who like portray this like perfect life after having a baby and even pregnancy, like it is not easy. And there definitely are moments that are like amazing and like your heart is so full and it's the best thing ever. But then a lot, there's a lot of time where it is really hard. You just go through so much. Like I know for myself, I dealt, I've dealt with anxiety and depression in the past and my doctor told me I was at higher risk for postpartum depression. And I was really scared. Like I was like t- constantly talking to Brett, like, these are the signs. Like, if you notice any changes, like, please, like, you know, be aware. And I definitely like looking back, like we talked about, like looking back, I, 
I think maybe because I compared it to like my previous experience with it, but I definitely did have postpartum depression, but it just like characterized itself differently than what I was, what I knew. And what did that look like for you? I was just so like, I honestly could not sleep. So like, I'm like like constantly watching her like breathing. I'm like making sure her chest is moving. So that's like constant anxiety over like, is she breathing? Is she alive? And then um, I remember the first game Brett had away and we were in Switzerland. So like road trips were like max three and a half hours, like not far. And I remember like the, my, I had an amazing doctor. So he was actually the team doctor. He was an OB and a gynecologist. And I don't know how he was a team doctor, but anyways, he was one of the team doctors and he was amazing. So he delivered coop and he told me like, if you need anything, please text me, please call me. So I know Brett's like first game away. I went into like full panic attack. Like my heart was racing. I literally thought I was having a heart attack and I'm like, you know, babies feed off you. So then like Cooper was like a really good baby, but she would get so worked up and then it makes you more worked up. And I remember like calling him and being like, I think I'm dying. Like I was just so scared and like Brett's playing a game and he like definitely calmed me down. And I was like, thank God for him. Like Mm -hmm. we're in a foreign place. Like we were in a French community. No one speaks English. No idea even how I'd get to like a hospital or like anything like that. So I definitely experienced moments of that. And I always like, I don't know, I just like, it would just kind of come out of nowhere. And I know a lot of it had to do with like being so sleep deprived, but it was like, it was a challenge. And I had like OCD, like, I mean, before having Cooper, I had like, just like, I like things tidy and neat, not severe, but like then having a baby and I was constantly like trying to clean and tidy and like make sure everything was done, like the laundry and, and I could not just like chill. Like I had zero chill. (laughs) (laughs) Zero chill. A lot of the things you're saying I can resonate with. And I know I said this to you when we were talking last night, but I feel like in that time, it's kind of hard to recognize those symptoms as postpartum depression or anxiety. And I think it looks different for everybody. Right. But during the time people, I mean, I think that's just moms asking like, how are you feeling? Like, do you feel like you have any, like, you know, postpartum depression or whatever, just like making conversation. I'm like, no, not really. Like, I think I'm fine. Looking back, I absolutely had it. And I absolutely had postpartum rage. Like I remember like, it's like, I'm trying so hard all day just to like, keep my shit together, you know, just like keep my composure, like just get through the day. And then I remember like, if Charlie would be like in the kitchen, like cleaning or something and like, would be making too much noise because we literally lived in a shoebox, I would like freak out, like freak out, which normally <laughs> I will say I would not do that. But I, I mean, I would really turn like scary and be like, you need to be quiet. Like he's sleep. Like just because I was holding on to that, like one little piece of sleep. I'm like, this is the only time I have to just sit here. And if you make one more noise, I'm going to lose control. <laughs> I, I remember we were talking at that time. And I honestly like said to Brett and I like explained what you were going through. And I was like, oh, my heart just like went out to you because I didn't deal with any of that with Cooper. Like 
I know bre breastfeeding had its challenges and there were definitely like challenges, but not like that. And I'm like, I told him, I was like, I literally would be in like a psych ward. Like there's <laughs> no way I would have been able to handle it. And it's so funny because we always say like, I don't know if this is really funny, but we always say like, um, like the universe gives you what you can handle, you know? Absolutely. And like those hard times, like in like, babies like certain babies I'm like oh why is that person have such a chill baby or like and then you like and then I was like put together I'm like oh well, that person like maybe that person would feel the like you know you don't know what their state is like you don't know if they could handle something but I truly think that like the universe gives you what you can handle yeah and I love like, that and it just makes you like obviously you're a strong person and it just makes you even stronger to be able to deal with all of that and like when you have, if you decide to have another baby, it'll probably be a breeze. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I mean, I know that I'm a strong person, but I think like going through that, like that was the first time I was truly able to recognize like, wow, this has made me so much stronger as like a woman and a friend and a mom. And just like, now he's like the happiest, like go lucky baby. And it was so hard at the time because I remember there were so many people that said to me like, isn't this stage just the best? And I'm thinking to myself, I don't feel that way. And I was like, why don't I, I mean, I knew I didn't feel that way, but it was hard because I felt like people couldn't totally relate when you struggle with a new, newborn phase, because it's not like that. I completely agree. And I feel like society puts so much pressure on, because like you look at Instagram and everything, and it's like, everyone makes pregnancy and like, newborn life like looks so amazing and like glamorous and easy you know mm -hmm. and it's definitely not the case I mean it, I'm sure it is for some people but like you like I found the newborn phase so hard and like Cooper was a good baby like I mean she didn't sleep a lot but she slept enough she didn't really cry like she was really good but I just like pregnancy I didn't love I didn't mm -hmm. like I really struggled in my second trimester with like mental health. Like my mental health was not good. And I just like, I don't know. I just was really like unhappy. And then, yeah, I didn't really have, like, I had like a healthy pregnancy, but I just really like, didn't like it. It really got in my head. And then the newborn phase, like breastfeeding, I mean, she breastfed well, but she, like my um, letdown was too much. So she would choke. So I had to like lay with her to breastfeed. So I couldn't do it in public. I had to always be home to breastfeed her, like laying down. She wouldn't take a bottle. And mm. it was just like, you, you just feel like all you do is breastfeed. Them. Like, and like props to those people who like truly, truly like love that time and like love it because I just wasn't one of those people. Like we bonded, but I still just didn't feel like I just would rather not have done it. You know, mm -hmm. it's just so different for everybody and it is. like pregnancy, postpartum, breastfeeding, sleep. And so I think people like on Instagram, they portray, I obviously the highlight reel that's with anything, right? Like relationships, everything, but they kind of portray like how it is for them. And so we see like, Oh, like pregnancy was really easy for this person, but maybe like postpartum was really hard or like the opposite. Yeah. And so like, you never really know what it's going to be like until you're like actually going through it. And like, you really can't prepare for it at all. No, you can't. And that's what I tell like any of my friends or anyone that's like pregnant and like asks for advice. I'm like, honestly, 
like don't stress yourself out on like trying to read everything to prepare yourself because nothing will fully prepare you like until you're in that moment with this baby you just like have to go day by day and like figure out this little human on your own you know like no book is gonna tell you how to take care of this baby yeah it'll like guide you in certain things but there's nothing that will prepare you for that no there I mean really I mean I kind of tried to not overindulge with like the reading in the books I think even now sometimes I'm like oh he's doing this I'm gonna look up what this means now because he's doing this like I'm not really someone that's always like reading stuff in advance to try to like prepare because I'm like I don't know what kind of kid he's gonna be I don't know like obviously I have a general idea of just like milestones or like this or that but like I'm not like I'm kind of just like flying by the seat of my pants honestly and that's how I was with my pregnancy too it's like I prepared just enough but I didn't want to like over prepare because I figured I would be in for one. Yeah, that's exactly how I was too. I just like, I knew like the more I read or like things I looked at, the more it just like, I was like, oh my God, like, can I do this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, and I feel like, you know, I feel like the biggest thing for me was to just be really aware of like myself and like how I am day to day as a person around her and like how Brett is. And we really try to just like, more focus on like how we are as people and like kind of just showing her like love and respect and so she just grows up being like a kind respectful human you know that's like our thing is like just making sure she just treats everyone the same and with love and you know so that's kind of where we are like parenting wise like we just really like try to focus on that stuff instead of like trying to read on like how to perfectly raise your child or (laughs) yeah because reality check that's there is no perfect way to raise your child everyone is different no no feel like I could do a whole episode on social media because it's like I have a love hate with it like love because it connects you to so many people but hate in certain ways like I love following these like accounts about mom stuff because I do think it's like becoming normalized like the hardships and the struggles about it um but I also feel like some of those accounts are so oversaturated that like I get like sensory overload sometimes when I read them and I'm like oh my god like this is too much it's like you're damned if you're do if you do you're damned if you don't and it's like those things where it says like oh they're crying and they're whining don't say like stop crying but say this or don't say that or don't it's like well you know it's like it becomes too much it definitely does it definitely becomes way too much and I found like I actually started following more like mom stuff on my business page and then not on my personal page because Mm. I'm on my personal page like quite a bit more and I find that like going back and forth and I like go back to my business page and then I see I see that stuff and I kind of catch up on it a bit and then I go back and I so it's not so much for me because I get the same way and then I get in my head and I'm like okay and then you get like overwhelmed you're like okay uh-huh. like what the hell do I do then like I'm clearly not doing anything right you know like if you if you just read everything that they say but like who are who's they you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would you say was like the most helpful thing that someone could say to you during postpartum? Well, I had like some friends. I don't actually, not a lot of my like closest friends have kids, like only a couple of them. And then obviously like with the hockey community, like 
I have such good friends in like my hockey community. So it's, I have friends that have kids there, but like at home, like my closest friends, no one really has kids except for one, but I would talk to her all the time. Literally. She was like my saving grace. Like I would text her like all hours of the day being like, this is happening. This is happening. What do I do? But I mean, sometimes it was good advice. Sometimes it just like made me more anxious. Um, but I think the best, honestly, for me, is just for someone to like sit there and be like, it's fucking hard. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can swear on here. But you like, can swear. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, you know, and for them to be like, you know what, it's so hard, but it will pass. And like you, you just like, it'll just be like little phases and then you'll get through it and it'll like make you grow and get stronger and be able to handle like the next challenge and the next challenge. And like, just to sit there with you and just to like accept it and like know that it's really difficult and not to be like, well, you know, like give advice on like how to make it better, how to make it easier, because sometimes you just want to like sit there and be like this is really really hard and cry and like feel those emotions and not just like bury it you know yeah so I don't know if it's really like advice but just sit someone that just like listens and you feel safe to just be like today effing sucked you know like today was just hard this happened and just like sometimes just like literally word vomiting to someone makes you feel better Exactly. And just like having those people, like you need those people around you when you have kids that like, like have had kids and get it Mm -hmm. and that you're like, it's a safe place for you to talk and like vent and like, you know, like spill everything. You definitely, like, it's so important to have a good support group. You don't want friends that are like, you know, like friends maybe that don't have kids and like really have no idea. And they're like, oh, you'll get through it like be positive stay strong it's like no (laughs) it's like the last thing you want to hear I just found myself like because I when I get down like I'm a very open I'm an open book so my emotions like I'm open talking about them like if I'm really sad or if I'm mad like Brett knows like I'll just be like crying and be like like I'm I can just talk about it and that's just how I am so I uh I just feel, I don't even know where I'm going with this now. (laughs) You've yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Like you're, you just feel like, um, you want to, you want to be able to feel like you can talk to people without people like kind of saying the toxic positivity, which we've also talked about, I know on the side. Um, exactly. Like, and that's, I, I know, um, Brett and I've gone through like phases where it's been hard for him to understand because they really don't understand because they, they're not moms, you know, like they're parents, but they're not moms. And it's a lot different and like postpartum depression and even like any kind of depression or anxiety. If you don't, if you've never faced like mental health struggles, it's, it is really hard to understand. And it doesn't make you a bad person or not supportive. It's just, it's like anything in life, unless you go through it, you can't fully understand. Mm -hmm. So I know we kind of talked about that toxic positivity because he, you know, he's such an upbeat, positive guy, but sometimes it was like, okay, but like, you know, like it's okay to have emotion too. Like you've got to feel things and like, you really got to like talk emotions. You you can't just always say like, everything's good. Everything's good. And then your energy says completely different. Like it's not healthy to live like that. I was listening to this podcast the other day that said, 
a lot of people think that postpartum is like that first three months after after you give birth and then they said like no postpartum is forever you give birth and then like moms are birthed too like it's like a new chapter and like it never ends it's like your old life you'll never get that back and that can be like a scary overwhelming feeling sometimes just going back to kind of like friends and stuff it felt good when my friends without kids though would still check in even though I knew they couldn't relate and they didn't understand and they knew they couldn't relate and couldn't understand but just being like how's it going the people that were there for me and checked in on me and showed up for me that made me want to be a better friend I think just like continuing to check in with those friends too is I've just noticed that sometimes like people kind of stop checking in after that like two, three month mark where they think it's like, you got it all covered now. You've had your baby for two months. And it's like, no, (laughs) I still don't know what I'm doing. And it's hard. Yeah, exactly. But that's such a good point though, because I definitely have like my close friends that don't have kids definitely checked in on me. And like, thank God for them because, you know, they're, like you said, there are friends that like definitely fade away when big changes happen in your life. Like I know it happened when Brett and I got like engaged and married and like other friends kind of drifted away. Cause they like, yep. I don't know, like just, you kind of, you just go different ways and that's, that's just life and that's normal. It happens, but it also happens when you have kids too. But I definitely had my friends. Some of my friends definitely were always checking in and like, always like, how's Cooper? What's new? How are things? And like, especially with our lifestyle, like being gone so long, you need, like, you need that you need like, or else you come home, you have no friends left, you know? Oh yeah. 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 I think like it can bring you back together with people though, too. Like if you, I don't know, like there's just been some like old friends that like, we kind of not just like, not necessarily grew apart, but you know, you just kind of like stop talking for a while. And then it's like, you find out like you're pregnant at the same time or like that you're, um, both new moms and it like almost reconnects you, which I love. I know it's so crazy how that happens. Like people that like have been out of your life for a while, even like people like you went to high school with or whatever. And then all of a sudden you both have kids and then you kind of like reconnect and Mm -hmm. it's, it's really cool. Like how life works that way. No, I think it's so important to have, have a good community around you because being a mom is freaking hard. And like, you need, you need that support system. Obviously we're both going back overseas and I've shared on Instagram that I personally feel anxious about it just because of how everything was last year. Just the unknowns, like, will we go into lockdown again? Will the same, like, will they shut the borders again? And it gives me like anxiety going back into a small space. So like, what are your feelings like? Cause I know a lot of people are feeling the same way about just like excited to go back, but also really scared my whole thought process on like the expat hockey life has changed so much since having Cooper. Like before it was like, you so exciting. And like, you, you get to like be home for like the best part, which is summer. And then you leave and you get to like explore new cities. It's so fun. You get to travel and meet new people. And then like throwing a kid into the mix, it like definitely adds way more to it. Like it's way harder. So I find that I get more and more like anxious going just like the past couple years since I've had Cooper because it's like oh I'm taking her from her family and like Brett's parents have lived with us um this summer for to help us with childcare and honestly like bless their hearts because like 
we don't know what we would have done without them. And now I'm like scared to go and not have that, you know, Mm -hmm. like I made it through last year without any help, but now it's like, okay, like, can I do it? (laughs) Can I do it again? I mean, she'll be in daycare, uh, like part-time, I think. So that will help, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely just like have like uneasy, like feelings about it. Not so much anxiety yet, but like definitely like uneasy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you know some of the girls going back to where you're at? Yeah, honestly, I became really good friends with, I'm sure you've talked to Amanda Kuhn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So we became really close and she has two kids older than Cooper. So that was like, like thankful, like I'm so thankful for her. And then my friend Shane, I was also on the team last year. So that's right. Yeah. Thank God they were there. Like, I really don't think I would have come home for sure. There's no Mm -hmm. way I would have survived, but they'll both be there. So um, that's like, that was like the biggest thing about going back is just like having those friends around because it means so much more now when, you know, like when you have kids and then they like other friends on the team have kids, it helps so much. Yeah. And it's nice to be able to to like continue that relationship too, because a lot of the hockey friendships or just like relationships are just short lived because we're, you know, then we move and we stay in touch, but it's nice when you're somewhere with a friend that you became close with for longer than two seasons, because then it kind of forms like even more of a deeper bond and it makes you feel a little bit more confident going back over there because you know that you have a little support system built in where you're going. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's so, it's so nice going back to something that's familiar and like having those people around, like for you, you're going, you're going to Vienna, right? Yeah. I'm going to Vienna, but I've connected with like a few girls just through the podcast, um, that are also going there. And so that gives me comfort. There's like three North American signs that are going over there so far. Um, so that that's really nice. And they, and two of them have young children as well. Oh, good. That'll be so nice to have. Yeah, for sure. Cause I mean, it is scary. Like, I don't know. I'm it's weird. Cause I'm so excited. Like I'm really excited to go to Vienna. I think it'll be a really fun place to make memories, but I also, am just like, gosh, uh, here we go again. Like another stressful travel day and like getting settled in and like, but you know, but I'm flying out later than Charlie. So hopefully, um, I can, help motivate him to get everything set up so that when I get there, it's like less overwhelming for me. Yeah. That'll be, it'll, I feel like them, I know Brett's going over before me too. And I feel like it's always nice when they go and kind of like get everything figured out. So you don't have to deal with like yourself and all your stuff and like your kids and all of that at once. Thank God we're going back to the same apartment. Cause like poor Brett, like he's so good about it, but I'm like one of those people when we get a new apartment, like a new place, new apartment, I have to make it homey. Like I can't just like use whatever they give us and just sit in it, you know, like I have to like buy a little decor and sometimes we'll buy different furniture and I have to make it homey because it's just like such a mental thing for me. It's like, if it feels home, then it's like so much easier to spend that much time there, especially like like being the wife or girlfriend, you know, and if you're not working or like not going to work and you're at home all the time, you want it to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. So well, we all spend I'm so like, much time in there. Exactly. So I'm like, thank God we're not moving again. Cause Brett's probably gonna be like, Hey, seriously, the amount of 
not the stuff we buy and have to eat every single time like oh, yeah he's such a trooper with that. oh my god yeah I need that's like good advice and that's something that I am making a priority this year because I think I've always like wanted to but then like you know Charlie would be like well we're only here for eight months and I'm like yeah, but that's a long time. And I spend so much time here and I want to feel happy because I feel like your home is your sanctuary. And since we're spending like so much time in there, I'm like, I want to be able to like, look at nice things on the wall and not feel like I'm in like a white walled sane asylum. But Brett's, Brett's the same as Charlie. Like he's like, oh, okay. We're only here like this amount of time. I'm like, you know what? But it doesn't matter. And then I'll do it anyways. And then he'd be like, oh, I'm so glad you did this. Yeah. So you know, like I, when we were in Switzerland, we bought like this couch off of, um, a friend that was like a friend that was from Switzerland that was on the team and then they were going to a different team. So we bought their couch off them and it was like, yeah, it was not a bad price cause they had used it, but it was still like a lot of money to just buy a couch that you literally sit in for a year and then you leave it. So yeah. you leave it for everyone else to enjoy. But once we bought it, Brett's like, Oh, thank God. Cause like we spent so much time, like with Coop as a newborn. So like we were on that couch all the time and it definitely makes a difference I find. And we also like, we, if we have the time after the season, we also like just will try and resell it. Yeah. We just like resell, like if it's big furniture items, you just like Ikea table or something. We always just try and sell it. So you're not out so much money every year, but. I don't know what is wrong with us that we attract the worst couch on the entire team every year every single year we get the worst couch <laughs> like every team we've been on it's so bad and it's, and it's so funny you spend so much time on those couches. so much time and I literally complain all season I'm like this happened couch is that couch is the worst why does this always happen to us so I if we get a bad couch this year I'm gonna be scanning marketplace and just yeah much go buy it without even and, telling him and just show up with it <laughs> and what you can do is you can go to like I don't know what they're called in Austria but like a home hardware or like like, like a TJ Maxx or something yeah or like I don't know what they call them in the states like we have like Canadian Tire and home hardware and they're like like home building stores oh so you can go there and you can actually rent um couch cleaners or like carpet cleaners so that's what we did moving into our place this year because our couch is really like musky smelling and Amanda actually gave us the suggestion of like just you rent a cleaner so like even if you buy one on marketplace you can just rent a cleaner and just clean the couch yeah that's smart that's you don't have smart. to like feel it out by like even like in apartments if they're not like new and like you know the furniture has been used like to just have it clean is a good feeling yeah I'm like what have I been doing all these years why haven't I thought of this <laughs> I need to do that. That's yeah. There, because if you think about it, there's no way those the teams are cleaning those couches. No, hell no. Like, who knows what you're sitting on? Exactly. Like, <laughs> if, if we think about it, it's really gross. Like two seasons ago in Graz, they gave us a uh, like a small futon leather couch, which was hilarious because, like, I swear we could barely fit on it, just the two of us. But I come to find out at the end of the season that that used to be in the locker room. So I'm like, how many naked butts have sat on this couch and we've never cleaned it? That is absolutely disgusting. Oh my gosh. As if they'd actually do that though. Like as if they'd actually take from the locker room and put into an apartment. I know. 
as I feel like most people know in this community, you have your own business, a children's boutique. It is so freaking cute. Will you just tell everybody a little bit about it? Yeah. So, um, it's called love co and we're actually in the middle of rebranding. So huge changes coming. Um, prior to rebranding, it was a children's clothing and accessory boutique. Um, I would source the clothes, um, from different suppliers. And while we were overseas, I actually used drop shipping. So it would actually ship from suppliers to the customer, which made it like really easy, not holding onto stock when you're traveling around so much, but there were many challenges with it. And I, it just like, wasn't resonating with me. Like I just, knew while I was doing it, I was like, something needs to change. So we, I've been working really hard. Actually, my friend, Shana Rakowski, who's on the team with me, she's now my business partner. So she's um, going to be, she's been helping with the rebranding and she will be part owner. And we are creating loungewear for littles. So we're actually, I've designed um, all of the styles and worked with a fashion designer and now we are get currently in production in Turkey. So super oh exciting. Gosh. Yeah. You're the first person to hear. <gasps> Yay. Well, I'm honored. Are you guys changing the name or are you keeping it the same? So we're changing it. It will be Love Co. The label. So that's so cute. Yeah. So it'll be our label. Um, we designed everything. It'll be um, all all of the clothing will be organic. So everything will be ethical, sustainable. Um, some of the accessories, they will not be organic, but they will be sustainable and everything will be ethically made. So we just worked really hard to find the right factory that we knew the working conditions were really good and that every, all of the fabrics and everything were really good quality. So it took us quite a few months to nail down the factory and we really, really wanted to keep it like within Europe because they always say like, I mean, we tried to do it in Canada, like finding a factory in Canada to keep it like made locally, but to us, Europe is like local, you know, like yeah. we're there more than we are in Canada. So to us, it like really meant a lot to like find somewhere in Europe that we could actually have it made and not have to go out to um, any of the Asian countries or the U.S. Um, just because it's a bit more challenging for us in Canada. So really exciting things to come. Um, we're hoping, hoping, hoping to launch by October, but you never know with with uh, shipping and everything right now. You just don't know what's going to happen. So yeah. we haven't set a date, um, but we will be coming out with a lot more information in the next like month or so on the Instagram page. So Yay. Well, congratulations. And so where will people be able to find that? So if you go to our Instagram at exolovco, um, we'll be starting soon. We'll be updating, um, and just letting everyone know what's going on, kind of giving some sneak peeks of the designs and the colors and everything. So you can find us on there right now. Currently the website's under construction. So Perfect. So stay tuned. And then what's your personal Instagram if anyone wants to reach out? It's Dakota Cams. So D-A-K-O-T-A-C-A-M-Z. Yay. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It was so fun connecting with you finally. And obviously we will continue to chat over Instagram. <laughs> I'm so happy to finally connect with you. Like it feels like I've known you forever. So 
I'm just so happy we actually got to like sit down and like chat, not via messaging on Instagram. I know. <laughs> so, it was so fun. And I'm so proud of you with everything you've been doing with breaking the ice and just keep killing it. Thank you.